Welcome to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. Discovering in Christ to love the life we live and learning how to live a life of love. So welcome back to the DLC. I am Oren Rudolph and in today's show I am going to be doing a summary on the Chad Burnett interview back from the brink and I'm going to pull from there a few principles that I learned from this incredible interview that I did with Chad over six episodes. Before I start and do that, so this is kind of a little follow-up here because Chad had actually sent a, a Facebook, Chad had sent a Facebook post out and I want to read it. He says, just got my first follow-up scan results. Everything is still good and there's no sign of cancer. One more clear scan in three months and I get my port removed. The port obviously being where they put the chemo through in order for him to have received the chemo. So that is great news. And so I just, I'm so happy for Chad. I know that God has done an amazing miracle and we are trusting that Chad will be 100% free and healed of cancer and that cancer will not come back into his body. So that's an expectation that we are expecting and we are in faith. We are believing that God is going to do some great work in Chad's and his family's life through this whole experience. As I said, this interview was incredible and I pulled out 10 things that just were really deep principles that we can apply to our lives. We might not all be going through cancer. We might not all be going through something so profound in the sense of where we can look death in the face right now. But all of us go through hard times in our lives. And I believe as we go through our hard times, through our valleys, we can take these 10 things that Chad talked about in his interview and apply them in our lives to help us in our valleys, to help us go through the things that we are going through. So, number one, the first thing that I learned out of this interview was don't spend more time treating the symptoms than you do the cause. Now, of course, in the interview, Chad is talking about his health and about how he avoided the pain that he was experiencing. And one of the things he said is we tend to take care of others more than we take care of ourselves. Man, I am guilty of this. I love to take care of other people, but I neglect my own health. Our health is the first thing that we neglect. Unfortunately, we don't get to a do-over in our health. We've got to learn to take care of the goose or there will be no golden eggs. That it comes from the Aesop fable about the goose that laid the golden eggs. And the whole story goes simply that a farmer who had gained this goose that laid golden eggs finally got greedy and he got impatient. And so he finally killed the goose so that he could get more eggs. And when he cut open the goose, obviously there were no eggs inside. And so he had killed the goose that laid these golden eggs. And our goose is our health, is our bodies. And when we are treating our bodies with disdain, when we are not taking care of ourselves, when we are not taking care of our bodies, 
It doesn't matter in whatever way. It doesn't have to be in overeating. It could be in stress, just working so hard that, and not getting rest. What happens is, is that we will eventually burn out. Well, then how are you going to pay for that car you have, the house you have, all those things that your, the golden eggs that your goose was laying. When your goose packs up, there are no more golden eggs. So take care of the goose. Take care of the goose or you're going to run out of golden eggs. By the way, one of the things that Chad talked about was that popping a pill might solve the symptoms for a while, but it does not deal with what's causing the symptom. Man, we in our Western society love to pop pills. My wife is really good, not at popping pills, but reminding me that I don't need to take a pill for every ache and pain. Rather, if there is something serious, if there's some serious hurt, find out what's causing it. Don't just take a pill because pills cover up. They just cover up what is really wrong, what is causing the problems. In my book, Let It Go, in the, in the whole thing of forgiveness, I talk about this a lot in our emotional state. We're always dealing with our fruits, the things, our anger, our tempers, our, you know, the fruits that are coming out of us instead of finding out what's causing those things what's causing us to feel depressed what's causing us to feel angry what's causing us to feel unworthy whatever the feelings that you are feeling whatever the behaviors that you are doing popping a pill of just to deal with those behaviors cutting off fruit doesn't deal with the root and that's the same place with our health cutting off fruit doesn't deal with the root taking a pain pill popping a pain pill doesn't heal anything. All it does is just hides things. We wait, unfortunately, until the pain overrides our wallets. But by then, unfortunately, it could be too late. The hardest thing when we are young is letting go of the sense of invincibility. Too many young people feel invincible. You know, I'm, I'm pretty young still, in my eyes at least. But we don't think of death as much. Obviously, the older we get, we do tend to. And it has to be this, these special moments, these things like Chad had to face with stage four cancer that suddenly brings us around to, you know what? We're all going to face death. Death is something that doesn't go away. I know people joke about death and taxes, but death is really the only thing that every human being will face. And Feeling invincible in our health, feeling invincible and ignoring things that we need to take care of can hasten <laughs> that demise. So we've got to learn to let go of that sense of invincibility and understand that our lives are in God's hands. There is only one creator and he knows. He, the Bible says in Psalm 139, he knows every moment, every minute of our lives. He knows when we are born and he knows when we're going to die. And to me, that's a comfort because I've got a God who knows me and knows everything about me. Yes, he knows when I'm going to die. But you know what? The wonderful thing is, is that when I do, I just pass through a doorway into another life, into, into his kingdom. But before that, I know he wants us to enjoy life right here. One of the other things that uh, Chad said is, remember, the change oil light does not go off on its own. A lot of you are listening or driving cars, and when that little oil light goes on, it's, it's very foolish to continue driving 
because if you don't have oil in your engine, the engine is going to seize and it's going to cost you a lot more money than it would have cost if you just went to the dealership and checked out why that oil light is on. It's not going to just pop off on its own. You need to find out why it's on. Be proactive versus reactive. Make choices before you need to make choices. Go and, you know, before you're forced to make choices. I speak about this in my seminars all the time. I say, you know what, in, and this relating to jobs, I say to people, don't learn new skills when you have to know them. Learn them before you have to know them. It's kind of like that contingency plan. Expect the best, but prepare for the worst. Make sure that you're proactive, that you are checking your health, that you're doing all the things that can help you rather than react when suddenly everything goes wrong. So once again, let me repeat that first point. Don't spend more time treating the symptoms than you do the cause. Number two, and by the way, I'm only going to, I spoke about 10 today. I'm going to be getting through five. So I'll get through five and then tomorrow's podcast, I will get through the next five. So number two, the uncertainties created by what ifs produce a false comfort. Whenever there is what ifs in your life, what if this happens? What if that happens? And there tend, this, these what ifs breed uncertainty. And as humans, <laughs> we tend to take a level of comfort in that uncertainty. There's an uncertainty, yes, but we tend to take a level of comfort in that uncertainty. In other words, what we don't know can't hurt us, right? Unfortunately, that's a lie. What we don't know can absolutely hurt us like Chad found out. You see, we need to embrace these moments and not allow the comfort of denial to woo us into this false sense of comfort, which perpetrates this avoidance. Avoiding something does not make it go away. In fact, it makes it a whole lot worse. I don't know if you've seen this, be it that if you're ignoring a, a bill that needs to be paid, by ignoring that bill, it doesn't make it go away. It just gets worse. There are some things that need to be taken care of in our bodies. And by ignoring these things and just sticking your head in the proverbial sand and trying to ignore it is not going to make that health issue go away, is not going to make that pain go away, is not going to make whatever circumstance you're in right now go away. The Bible says that we need to take these concerns, these things, these what ifs. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And I've spoken about this in other podcasts. Really, this avoidance is really uncovering what it really is, fear. We don't want to know. We're too scared to know. So we, we find comfort in not knowing. Because if we knew, man, it could be terrible. I mean, what happens if that scan comes back and it's cancer? So we've got these worst case scenarios. So rather stick out in the sand, avoid. There's comfort in the avoiding, but it doesn't make your problems go away. So once again, number two, the uncertainties created by what ifs produce a false comfort. Number three, at times you can do everything right. Yet life can still throw you a curveball. Wow. Man, I, I see people 
complaining about this. That person was a good person. That person did everything right in life. But look what happened to them. Look what happened to their family. John 16.33 tells us, Jesus speaking, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In other words, what Jesus is saying to us, guys, it's not about what you do and don't do. This world is full of trouble. This world has things that are going to happen. Atheists love to use this as an excuse. Well, there's bad because there's bad things, there must be no God. I, I kind of see it in the other light. There are bad things because we're our created beings and we're in a world that has fallen. But even though there are bad things, God hasn't abandoned us and he is willing, like Psalm 23 says, to walk through the bad things with us. So bad things do happen. You know, the, the thing is not to ask God, God, why do you do this to me? Rather, the question is, God, are you, are you here with me? And when he says, yes, say, God, will you walk through this with me? Will you bring out of this bad thing that I'm facing? Will you bring out your good? Will you produce in me your good? Will you produce in me what you want, what this bad thing wants to strip away? Will you strengthen me, produce good in this situation? And God will. That's why he says, I've overcome the world. Yes, there's trouble. But if you're in me, man, I tell you what, even in trouble, you can be overcomers. We can overcome even in the worst circumstances. See, as I was listening to Chad and we were speaking, one thing I saw in Chad, and even as I spoke to him during the time that he was going through this, one thing that Chad always projects is he is an overcomer. We can be an overcomer even in cancer. We can be an overcomer even in tragedy. We can still be an overcomer. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God's got a good plans for us. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be trouble in those plans. We've got to define what good means. And good sometimes does not look like we think. Remember, that's where trust in God is, that God knows best. His plans are best. And I don't understand many times why those plans sometimes are there, are, there are things that happen that are bad. But in them, God's plans will still come to fruition. He's good because God is good and it's not sometimes. But I want to tell you, and I know this is cliche, but we got to hear it again. God is good all the time, even in bad things. See, when the curveball comes, we begin to bargain or blame. God, if you just get me out of this, you know, I'll be the best person around. Or we blame, you know, God, why did you do this? As I've already spoken before. Let's not bargain. Let's not blame. Let's praise. Let's be thankful. And we need to learn to say thank you in our valleys versus bargaining and blaming We've got to learn to be thankful for what we already have because the enemy wants to put up eyes on the problem. He wants to make the problem so big. I, I remember from my younger days a, a hymn that we used to sing. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. 
look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Keep your eyes on Jesus. The enemy wants to keep your eyes on your problems, on the curveballs. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 tells us, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ. What's God's will for you? To be thankful. But you know, why is it God's will for you? Because he knows that thankfulness keeps your eyes on Jesus, not on your circumstances. And when your eyes are on Jesus, you can walk on water. When your eyes are on the circumstances, you'll sink like a rock. And that's the wonder of this, this interview with Chad. He kept his eyes on Jesus and he was walking on water. Yes, he was going, the waves were big. Yes, these things were crashing all around. But one of the things he said is be thankful. For thankful for the things that you have. Focus on the things you have. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Didn't say only in the good situations. Every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Giving, there's that word thanksgiving again. Present your request to God. And watch what happens when you do that. When you, in thanksgiving, present your requests. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. In other words, world understanding. Hey man, Chad, you shouldn't be at peace right now. You're going through stage four cancer. Hey, Michael, you shouldn't be at peace right now. You're world is falling apart. Whatever the situations that you are facing, the world will look at you and go, why in the world are you at peace? Because God's peace is an internal peace. The world wants to offer you external peace. But as we started this one, you will have trouble. But in that trouble, I want to tell you, you can have peace when you learn to be thankful. Thankfulness produces peace. And what does peace do? It guards your heart and mind. Man, that is powerful. Peace guards your heart. Guards your heart from making silly mistakes, silly decisions. Guards your mind from depression and from your plans and the things you want to do. It, peace guards your heart from running off and doing crazy stuff. And guards your heart from breaking. Even when bad times are happening, God, man, he's got a shield of peace. And the shield of peace comes, comes from thanksgiving. The valleys is where our change takes place. I love what Chad said. He said, it's not punishment or some test. And I agree with him. This wasn't a punishment from God. Oh, yeah, have a dose of cancer, Chad. I want to get, uh, uh, you know, you just need to have be tested here and I'm going to throw cancer on you. I think we attribute a lot of bad things to God, our Father, our Heavenly Father. That as parents, we wouldn't even do, we wouldn't even do those things that we give to God and our own kids. I mean, God, Jesus speaks about, he says, if you being evil give know how to give your kids good gifts. How much more will your father in heaven give good gifts? The problem is why we attribute bad things to God is because we don't know what fatherhood means, what your, our identity and who we are in him. When we understand who he is and when we understand who we are, we won't attribute some of the stuff we put on God and we blame God for. 
So number three, once again, was at times you can do everything right. You can be living perfectly. It has nothing to do with that. Yet life can still throw you some circumstances, some curveballs. Number four, be present in our relationships because the present is all we have guaranteed. Whoa, man, that is powerful stuff right there. Our values tend to change our perspectives. We realize that if we have those we love, that is all that matters. Those we love, all that matters. All this other stuff that we're pursuing and chasing down and fighting for. Man, a little bit of cancer can put that all in perspective. A little bit of valley, a little bit of trouble can make us realize how much the people in our lives matter. Let me ask you this question. How often, and Chad asked this in the interview, how often do you tell the people you love that you love them? You know, I'm going to be honest. Me? Not enough. Not enough. Not enough. I, I, I try and tell my, my children I love them, and I try and tell my spouse that I love them, but not enough. I should be telling them every day. Because when they walk out that door, who knows? What's going to happen? I don't want to put fear in your heart, but we need to take those moments. We need to live the moment. We need to be present in our relationships. Let those that we care about know that we love them. Even today, I want to encourage you today, as you listen to this podcast and you go on your way, give that person a call when you finish listening to this podcast and say, hey, I just want to let you know I love you. I just want to let you know that I love you. People need to hear it. We need to hear it more. We are everything. I love, man, this, this hit my heart here. We are everything to our children. We don't realize how much we are the center of their world. I think I realize it, but I don't really. And Chad had to, as he said that, it kind of impacted me so deeply because what he was saying about how Sophia was, that little story he told about the note that Sophia wrote about God, please, you know, make my daddy well. I, I might be getting a little wrong, but I, I believe that was that. And and he said, you know, when he read that, he, he realized just how much he meant to his daughter. Sometimes we, we don't realize how much we mean to our kids. We're so involved in our issues, in our problems, maybe even our struggles with our spouses. And our kids get pushed aside. And we don't realize just how valuable, how much they see us, how much they uplift us up as heroes in their lives. We've got to learn to take down the walls we build around us and keep them down. We need to be transparent and open with the people we love. We need to be our true selves. We need to stop having all the stuff that we're hiding away from those that we love. It doesn't really matter. All the stuff that we put our walls around and in the long run, does it, does it matter? Be involved in your children's and spouse's lives. Man, the, you know, as I'm speaking about this and, and remembering what Chad said, these things are impact. I hope they're impacting you. We need to be more involved in our kids' lives. We, we're so involved with everything else, but do we put down the phones and focus on them? Do we put down our computers and focus on them? Once again, I'm going to tell you, I don't enough. Well, my spouse, you, you only have them for a while. They are God's 
gift to you. These are gifts. Would you treat a a valuable gift with contempt? And sometimes we do, don't we? We treat our children and our spouses sometimes with our actions. We don't mean to treat them with contempt, but our actions do by not valuing and being present in the relationship. So number four was be present in our relationships because the present is all we have guaranteed. And number five, this is the last one I want to do today. The questions we ask can frame our mindset and outlook for the future. In Chad's example, he said when he was dealing with that doctor and the question came up when the doctor told him about his diagnosis, Chad asked this question. He's, instead of He said so many people ask this, how long do I have? Which is a negative expectation. His question was, what do I need to do to survive? A positive expectation. Now that's, you know, how long do I live? How much do, how do I, what do I do to survive? Might sound similar, but they are not. One is pessimistic and negative. The other one is, you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes to get through this. You see, there are always two choices that are before us when we come to our valleys. We are either going to fight and get through to the other side, or we're going to surrender and say, you know what? This is just too big, you know, and we go into our depression. We go into our shell. We focus, oh, woe is me. Romans 8.37 tells us, no, in all these things that we're facing now, okay, all of them, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I love the second part. We are more than conquerors through him. who. Why are we more than conquerors? Well, firstly, because He's already won the battle. We are reaping all his rewards. It's kind of like Muhammad Ali's wife. Muhammad Ali won all the battles. She reaped all the benefits, right? That's the same thing with us. We are reaping the benefits of Christ. However, there's a second part to it. And as and, and this never really hit me until later on, as I was reading the scripture over and over and studying it in for a message once, it hit me. It's, it's, we are more than conquerors because through whom he lo- who loved us. You see, we become more than conquerors when we understand how much he loves us and cares for us. When we understand later on in that verse, in verse 35, it says, nothing will separate us from the love of God. Man, you know, when you feel loved, when you first met that woman or that man of your dreams and you felt their love for you, you would conquer mountains. You would run up mountains and and take anything on because that love just energized you. But when we understand his love, that's the same thing. It'll make us fight. The more valuable that the thing is that we are fighting for, the harder you're going to fight. Well, firstly, the value of his love spurs us on to fight. But we are fighting for our family. We are fighting for our children. How valuable is life to you? Well, Jesus said, I've won that life for you in abundance. I want to give you abundant life. When we understand that, We'll fight for that life that he's given us. Live with intention and raise your expectation. Keep that mind positive in life. Philippians 4.8 Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. Man, that's a lot of things. (laughs) If there be any virtue... 
And if there be any praise, think on these things. Why? Because when you fill your mind with the positive, you become positive. When you fill your mind with the negatives, how long do I have? How bad is the situation? And we focus on the problems. Woe is me. Woe is me. That's all we see. But when we fill our minds with the the good what ifs, what if, like David Susan's interview where he spoke about expectation is the positive aspect of fear. Fear is about what's going to go wrong. Expectation is what's going to go right. Allow the Lord to renew your mind. Romans 12.1. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you might prove and test the perfect will that God has for you. You see, you're not going to be able to know God's will until your mind is renewed. Because as long as your mind's not renewed, it's going to be focusing on all the negative and you can't see through the cloud of negativity to see what God has planned for you. As long as you are looking at all the problems, you cannot see what God is for you. Lift your eyes. Raise your eyes to see, and we'll talk about that tomorrow as one of the principles, but raise your eyes and look and see what God has got planned for you. And there are good things as we learned in Jeremiah 29, 11. But you've got to fill your mind with good things so that you can see the good things that God has. Allow the good things, the positive things, fill your mind with his word, read his word, let his word wash your mind so that you can stay positive even in your valley. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening today. Man, I enjoyed Chad Burnett's interview so much. And I know that you did. And if you have not listened to the interview, go back and take a listen. Six parts. We've broken them down into smaller chunks so that you are able to listen to those with ease while you're driving to and from work. Check me out on orinrudolph.com. And if you have any comments, please leave them on iTunes. It would be much appreciated if you leave comments, uh, give me some ratings on the iTunes podcast, or you can leave comments on my website. Send me an email at uh, coach at orinrudolph.com. If you feel like you would love to get a uh, interview and you've got a story that you believe can touch someone else as well. Like me on Facebook, uh, like me on Twitter, like me on LinkedIn or on Instagram. Send me an invite. I'd love to be a friend you. Follow me. I'm doing lives on Facebook now every second or third day and I'm going to be doing more of those as God leads me into some good things that we're going to do. God's good and it's not sometime. It's all the time. So, God bless and grace to you. Thank you for listening to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. For more information on other available teaching, please visit our website at orenrudolph.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash orenrudolph.